Hey, what's up? I am John Ricard. This is Camera Work Podcast. So today I just finished a workshop at Unique Photo. It was called Principles of Studio Lighting. And of course, as always, my plan was to do the Instagram story. I was going to tell the story of coming to the studio early. Well, first I was going to talk about going to Donut Plant, where you pay $3.50 for one um, blueberry donut, but it's really worth it because it's such a great donut. But of course, being New York, you couldn't park there. Even though the block was empty as I got out the car, a cop saw me and he said, you can't park. It might have been some kind of half marathon. I don't know. Something was going on. So as typical of New York, you couldn't park. But I drove into the city, stopped at my studio, which amazingly, I did get parking about 8 a.m. on a Saturday, which sometimes because I'm in a business district, you can get parking that early. But usually on a Saturday, parking's gone by then. But I was going to film me getting, picking up the gear that I was going to bring to the workshop. Now, when I do the workshops at Unique Photo, they're good, be, they're good to me because they will loan me pro photo lights to use for the workshop, which is great because that's what I'm shooting with and the participants are shooting with at the workshop. But there's always pieces that I'm bringing of my own, maybe extra lights or things like the magnum reflector and just some extra pieces. So I did film me coming in to get the gear, but Man, by the time I got, and I filmed a little bit of my breakfast, I showed the healthy part, which was a, a fruit salad. I didn't show the pancakes because it wasn't very healthy. But by the time I'm doing the workshop, I just can't get myself to pay attention to doing the story when my concentration is on delivering the workshop. And I'm amazed at how many people can do a story every single day and be consistent with it. You have no idea how many times I try. I'll say to my daughter, I'm gonna do my story every day this week, or I'm gonna do it every day for a month, and she just looks at me like, you're crazy, you're never gonna do it. And every single time she ends up right, I end up not doing it. But I try, I really try. But the workshop, went very, very well. We had two models there, someone named Ashley and a model named Tien, who I photographed many times in the past. And I kind of do a mix between letting people shoot and giving them instruction. And I think for me, like what makes a good workshop, you should have both of those things. Because if you're spending money and there's no educational component, you're just shooting. I don't think that's right. I, I don't think it's right for someone to just take your money and just dump you into a set and tell you to shoot and then you're making these mistakes in terms of composition or using the wrong lens or having the getting the exposure wrong. I don't think that's right for me to just make money and dump people into a shooting situation. But at the same time, I don't think it makes sense for you to go to a workshop and just sit and listen to me talk. That's not what photography is about. You didn't get into photography to hear some guy talk. You got into photography to take pictures. So I try to strike a really nice balance between those two things. And one of the things that I do, I've never really seen anyone do this, but there's a part where, <clears throat> there are parts where I'm speaking and I'm explaining this is soft light and this is why we use soft light and this is how we create the soft light. Then I stop talking and everyone shoots. We have two different stations set up so people can photograph the models, two different models at the same time, so people don't have to wait that long. But even during the waiting time, you can ask me questions and that can be beneficial. But after, let's say 20 minutes, whatever, I tell everyone, okay, stop, let's all come back and now we're gonna talk about hard light or we're gonna talk about posing, whatever the next topic is. But I say to them, while we're talking about this next topic, one person should go and shoot at the station over here, that, that setup we have on this side of the room, go and shoot while I'm teaching. So 
someone is getting a chance to take pictures rather than everyone just stopping. And when that person's done, just come back and sit. And the next person, just go back there and shoot. So you might miss a couple of minutes of instruction, but you're getting another opportunity to take pictures, which again, I think is what it's about. So I'm proud of myself at having a method of trying to maximize the amount of time that you get to take pictures and the time that you get to learn, because I think both of those are elements of a good workshop. And I got a lot of compliments from this one, so I was pleased with that. I take the workshops so seriously. I look at it, if, if someone's spending money, and in this case it was $70, and you can look at that as being a lot of money or a little bit of money, and I find money is different when you're spending it versus taking it in. Because if I'm taking in $70, it doesn't feel like a lot of money. It, it doesn't even make a dent in the in the rent that I pay in this space in Times Square every month. And if you're not careful, you could be disrespectful to that small amount of money that you're taking in. Now, on the other hand, if I have to spend $70, I take that very seriously. I'm thinking of all the things I can do with that money. That's one-tenth of an iPhone, or that's half my cell phone bill for the week, or that's my internet payment for the month, or whatever it is. I am very conscious, you can get a 50 millimeter lens for $150. You know, two of those payments is a lens, it's 50% of a lens. So I'm very conscious when I'm spending money that it, every amount feels like a lot of money. Buying an Apple charger for $20 feels like you're spending a lot of money. So when I'm taking in money, I try to look at it from the perspective of the person spending the money. So I look at this workshop and in my mind, people have put their faith in me that I'm worth their $70 for that three hours. And I have to make sure that they walk out of there and they feel that that was worth it. The models were strong, the education was good, the opportunity to shoot was worthwhile. They have something they can put on their Instagram or maybe in their book or on their website. I take it very seriously. That's why I'm here at eight in the morning picking up gear and having all this extra stuff to, you know, to make sure that they have a good opportunity to shoot and to learn. And um, I think it went well. And also it was nice because we, um, we had some bags from Leica, little swag bags, wasn't much in it. It was a, a Leica M brochure, but the bag was kind of cool if you like tote bags. And one of the bags had a t-shirt in it. So I was a little surprised, like somebody gets a Leica t-shirt. And so overall it went really, really well. So I wanted to talk about an idea or concept that I had after watching the movie A Wrinkle in Time. So what I say will be a little bit of a spoiler for the movie, but I, I don't know. I mean, does anybody really care if I'm spoiling the movie? I mean, it's just a minor spoiler. Now, if you wanted to see the movie, you probably would have seen it by now anyway, but it's not a major spoiler. But it, but it was a good movie. I enjoyed it. It's a young adult movie, which is pretty much my mentality. So it, it's right up my alley in terms of the intellect. But I, I like those stories, like the Hunger Games and things like that. I, I just like when they, those, I don't know, I, I like that kind of movie. So th there's a part in the movie towards the end where the main female character, she's fighting the, the villain of the movie. And of course the villain is just this sort of nebulous evil. It, it's not, it's, it looks like her brother, but her brother's being possessed by the evil. And she's talking to her brother. He's a little kid, she's whatever, a 16-ish, I guess, something in that range. and she's trying to show him that he, that there is a love between them because the villain can't live around love or something because the villain is so evil. So she says to her brother, she says, 
hey, I have all these faults, and I don't remember what the faults were, but let's say the faults were, she says, you know, I'm late, and I can be a little selfish, and I forget to bring, you know, I forget to go to bed on time, and sometimes I'm a little cranky. She lists these faults that she has, and she says to her brother, but still you love me. Despite that I have these faults, you love me. And, you know, it's hard for the villain to admit that he loves her because the boy is possessed by the villain, and eventually, whatever, the thing gets resolved. But it got me to thinking about something that, something photographic, and it goes like this. So, Let's imagine you look at your camera as an extension of yourself. Maybe in your mind, the camera is not just a tool, because very often we talk about this, like the camera is just a tool, doesn't matter if you're a good photographer, you can take the picture with a Canon, an Icon, an iPhone, doesn't matter, it's just a tool. Okay, could look at it another way though, if someone is a poet, if Walt Whitman is a poet. That poetry, that's not just a tool where you say to him, hey, poetry doesn't matter. You can just sculpt your story or oil paint your story. He might say to you, no, I can't because poetry is really special to me. Poetry is a part of me. So in a way, you could look at your camera and say, you know, I can't really do the job with a mirrorless or with a DSLR or with a phone. I'm connected to my Nikon or I'm connected to my Leica or whatever it is. And the, the camera is an extension of you and the camera is important. So let's go with that for a second. Let's pretend the camera is an extension of you. All right. So what do you think of that camera? What do you think of that extension of you? It's very possible. What you think of that extension of you is that it's inadequate. It's not good enough. It has faults. You're looking at that camera and you're saying, why can't you have 24 megapixels like that other camera? Why can't you turn on as quick as that camera that my friend has? Why can't you have 14 stops of dynamic range the way the Fuji camera has? Why can't you have 42 megapixels? Why can't you have a silent shutter? You're looking at all of these complaints that you have about that camera, and in a sense, it's complaints you have about yourself because this camera is a reflection of you. Just like when the female lead in that movie said, hey, I have all these faults. I'm you know, late and I'm irritable or whatever those faults were that she had. You're doing the same thing. You're acknowledging all of these faults that you have or your camera has. And she says to the brother in the movie, hey, even though I have all these faults, but you love me. Just admit it, you still love me. You don't care about the faults. You love me despite the faults. And I look at that part as the actual pictures that you take. People love your photographs. You photographed her daughter at the talent show and her mother loves that photo. And 30 years from now, that little girl that you photographed at the talent show, she's gonna love that photo. Or you were the first person that took that 35-year-old woman who always kind of wished she could be a model, and you did this amazing photo shoot of her, and she sees herself in a different light now. And she loves these pictures, and you gave her a new feeling about herself. She says, you know, damn, I'm, I'm pretty hot. I, I'm pretty cool, you know, because of your photographs. Or maybe you have someone who has some type of dream that they're pursuing. They want to be a singer, or in my case, sometimes I photograph people who want to be jujitsu world champions. And you got them in a magazine, 
And now they can show that magazine to their mom. They can show it to their friends or people see it and say, oh, I saw you in the new issue of such and such. You did that. And the people, they love your photographs. But while they're there loving your photographs, you are sitting there saying to that camera, why can't you have 42 megapixels? Why can't you have a silent shutter? Why can't you do nine frames per second? Saying it to yourself almost, so that, that hatred that you have toward your camera because it's not good enough. It's like that dad you know, insulting his son because he keeps striking out the baseball game and the dad is trying so, not the dad, the son is trying so hard. He's trying his best and he just wants to be loved. That's what your camera is thinking. Your camera is saying, I'm doing the best I can. I just want you to love me. And everyone loves the pictures that that camera is creating, except you. You're looking at those pictures going, yeah, but it doesn't have 14 stops of dynamic range, or it didn't test high on the DXO test, or whatever. And everyone else is just looking like, oh my God, my daughter looks so beautiful in this photograph, I'm gonna save it forever. Can you send me a version without the watermark? Or can you send me the high resolution version or whatever? So, I don't know, it's just a thought I had. So maybe the same way other people love our photographs, and by extension, they love us, Maybe we can try to love ourselves as much as they love us if we're going to look at our camera and our photographs as an extension of us. Maybe we can stop hating ourselves and start seeing ourselves the way other people see us as these amazing image makers that are capturing these beautiful moments and we can stop looking at the inadequacies of our camera and worrying about how our camera's not good enough because some other camera is better. Do we want to do that to our children or our wives or our parents that they're not good enough? No. So let's not do it to our cameras either. Let's love our cameras and realize that they're amazing, fantastic tools and that we are, we're not tools, okay? We are amazing and we are fantastic, all right? So I don't know, that, that's what I got from A Wrinkle in Time. I connected it to... Um, photography like that. That was my thoughts, all right? So I'm going to end it here. Um, follow me on Instagram, right? John Ricard, J-O-H-N-R-I-C-A-R-D. If you follow me, you may not see a story because no matter how hard I try, I, I just can't seem to get the story done, but you'll see some pictures every now and then, okay? And I'm um, doing some meetups at my studio. We're doing um, the paid meetups where you get to take pictures, and we do these free ones. The next one I'm going to do is, it's a workshop, um, I forget what I called it, I think it's called Aspirations Versus Presentation, and what that's referring to is like who you want to be as a photographer versus what you are putting out there on social media or putting out there on your website. So we would ask you, who do you want to be as a photographer? How do you want to be seen? How do you want your peers to see you? What do you want people to think of you? And then we're going to look at your Instagram. And, and a lot of times, you're not, maybe not so much in a photographer's case, but you can definitely find people where their entire Instagram is a bunch of pictures of them in the mirror and they're turned around and showing you their butt and, you know, or how physically fit they are if they're guys, they're showing their muscles. And then you read the description of their bio and it's, you know, uh, whatever. It's like poet, writer, dreamer. And you're looking at the pictures going, these pictures don't reflect that at all. Pictures just reflect like self-centered or narcissist or 
something along that line does nothing in this feed to suggest you're a dreamer or a poet and all these other things that you describe yourself. So um, sometimes we see that with the photographers too, the way they want to present themselves in their writing, in the bio versus what they're really putting out there. There's a lack of congruency there. And there's a workshop that I like to do where we look at it and it's not just me giving the information. We all look at it and kind of make that decision. It's a small group, eight to 10 people and make that determination. Are the photographs here on this website congruent with that bio or the bio on Instagram and the pictures you're putting up there? So that's a free workshop that I do, but I'm um, joining the meetup group. I'll have the meetup information. It'll be a screenshot on YouTube and it'll be in the description as well. I can barely remember the name of the meetup group, but I don't know, maybe if you just search John Ricard meetup on meetup.com, you'll find it, but it's, I don't even know what it's called. It's like New York Portrait Photographers or some generic title like that, okay? But anyway, really, thank you for listening. I appreciate every single person who listens because there's really not that many people who listen to this. So those of you who do listen, thank you. I'll see you guys again next time I can think of something to talk about. Bye-bye.